Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. I'm so happy that you have joined me this morning. Hope you're having a great day. Sunday Morning with Love and Action has now been on the Joy FM for three years. And I just praise God for that. Praise God for the opportunity to get on the air each and every week. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to Joy FM for this opportunity. And it's just been, it's been an awesome three years and just look forward to what God has planned through this ministry on the radio. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about, I think, an issue that most of us have dealt with before. Have you ever felt like, I've just messed up too much? There's nothing God can do for me. There's no way God can use me because I've just messed up too much. Well, we're going to talk about that this morning and look at Scripture and look at one person in the Bible in particular to show that, no, we haven't messed up too much. Before we get there, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your Son, Jesus, through whom we have forgiveness, Father. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for forgiving us no matter what, Father God. God, we thank you that you show us in your word that we have not gone too far from the reach of your salvation. And Father, I just want to just lift people up who are listening today. I pray for encouragement, Father God. I pray for those who haven't given their lives to you, that today will be the day that they make that decision, the most important decision any of us can ever make. And God, I pray for those who are believers, but Lord, are just struggling in different areas of their lives. Lord, may, may they just turn to you, give it all to you, and just allow you to be Lord over every part of their lives. So, Father, we ask you to bless this time. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us, guide us, lead us into all truths, and may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Do you ever feel like you just messed up too much? You've sinned too much for God to forgive you, or you just feel like God has forgiven you, but there's no way he's going to work through you to touch lives for his glory. If you feel this way, don't feel alone because countless people throughout the years have felt this way. But I want to tell you something. Don't listen to those lies. But that's all it is. Those are lies straight from the pit of hell itself because God will and wants to forgive each and every one of us no matter what we have done. And he wants to work through us to bring glory to him and to tell others about his goodness, about his saving grace through his son, Jesus Christ. You may ask, well, how do you know this, Ken? How are you so confident in this? Well, for one, I know my story. And I know that if God can forgive me of all my mistakes, and he has, then he'll forgive you. The Apostle Paul even says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Remember, Paul, before he had that encounter with Jesus and decided to follow Jesus, he was a persecutor of the church. He hated Jesus. He hated Christians, and he persecuted them, had them arrested, and even approved Christians being killed. That was Paul. God forgave him, and we know that he became the great apostle Paul. So if God can forgive Paul, he can forgive you as well. Peter says, in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, that God shows no partiality. Romans 2, 11 says God shows no partiality. What that means is God, what he does for one, he's going to do for, for another. So he forgave Paul. He forgave me. He'll forgive you as well. What he does for one, he will do for another. 
what an awesome God we serve, that he loves us all the same, and he wants us all to be in relationship with him. So he wants to forgive us all. And one of the many things that I love about the word of God, reading the Bible, is its transparency. God doesn't try to cover up or hide the shortcomings of his people. Those we consider fathers and heroes of our faith, they made many mistakes, some major mistakes, and they're recorded in the Bible for all to see. And what this does is give us encouragement to know that God, he loved them, and he still used them, and he forgave them. And we understand he's a God who doesn't show partiality, so he forgave them, he'll forgive us as well. And I praise God for that transparency in his word. Look at Jacob, one of the founders of our faith. He conspired with his mother, Rebekah, to deceive his father, Isaac, to obtain his blessing, to obtain the blessing of the firstborn. Moses, he killed a man, and he was very hesitant to respond to God's call to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Look at Peter. He denied Jesus three times in Jesus' darkest hour after he had been arrested, and they were beating him, and they were going to crucify him. He denied Jesus three times. Jesus forgave and restored Peter in a beautiful scene in the Bible after Jesus rises from the dead. So if he forgives Peter, Moses, Jacob, and these are just a few, we don't have time to go into all of them, but if he forgives all of them, what makes us think he won't forgive us? They're no more special than we are because God is not a God who shows partiality. He loves us all the same, so he'll forgive us. So I want you to understand that if you're, if you're holding on to something that you've done, let it go. Give it to God. Let him forgive you because he wants to, and he wants to restore you. He wants to restore your joy, and that's going to come through that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I mentioned a few examples of the Bible. And again, I think God, one reason God gives us these examples is that he wants to show us we are never too far from his salvation, and he'll forgive us no matter what. We just need to turn to him. And one of my favorite examples of a man of God in the Bible who God did many mighty things through is King David. And if you've never read King David's story, you need to. It's an awesome story, and you get to see the heart of this man, this man of God. And though he committed adultery, murder, he still found forgiveness from God, and he had God's favor upon his life. And in fact, God said that David was a man after his own heart. How can this be? Well, let's dive into it and get into the scripture and see. So to understand why David was a man after God's own heart, we need to see what characteristics he had to qualify for such an exalted description. Because, hey, if God says, you're a man after my own heart, that's way up there. <laughs> that's, that's as high of a compliment that you could ever get, you could ever receive. And yet David was flawed, just like you and me. In the book of Acts, the apostle Paul speaks of God's feelings about King David. Uh, Acts 13, 22, he says, and when he removed him, talking about when God removed King Saul from, from being king, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. The answer to why David was considered a man after God's own heart is found right there in that verse. What did God say about David right there at the end? He says, he is a man after my own heart 
who will do all my will, all my will. That's where, that's a big reason why David was a man after God's own heart. He did whatever God wanted him to do. And an obvious question after that is, okay, God said that when he wanted David to become king, when he anointed David to be king, David was a child then. He was a young man, a teenager. So he grows up in the Lord. But then we see David commit such terrible sins, including adultery and murder. So how can he still be considered a man after God's own heart? Well, we learn much of David's character in the book of Psalms. As he, he just opens up his life for everyone to examine. And David's life was a portrait of success and failure. And the biblical record highlights the fact that David was far from perfect. What made David a cut above the rest was his heart. His heart was pointed toward God. See, you and I have experienced failures and success. And we've experienced the ebbs and flow of life. Have we kept our heart on God? Have we kept our heart pointed to God, desiring to still do the will of the Father, even in our darkest times, and even in our best of times? Because many times when things are going great, people forget about God because things are going great. They think they don't need God. Well, man, how far from the truth is that? We need God when good times are, are here and when bad times are here. But David, he had a deep desire to follow God's will and do everything God wanted him to do. He was a man of God's own, after God's own heart. There's no doubt about it as we continue to look into it. Let's look at some characteristics of David's life. Part of why David is called a man after God's own heart is that he had absolute faith in God. Absolute faith in God. Nothing could shake this man's faith. And we see in Scripture a perfect example of this illustrated in 1 Samuel chapter 17, where David, as a young shepherd, uh, he fear fearlessly slew the Philistine, Goliath, you know, the giant, Goliath. The rest of Israel's army, they were scared to death of this guy. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. And here, Goliath was profaning the name of God, laughing at the armies of Israel. And David, this young shepherd boy, comes up and says, who does this guy think he is? I know that my God will deliver him into my hands. Matter of fact, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37, David says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So David was fully aware that God was in control of his life. He had faith that God would deliver him from this impending danger. Because obviously, Goliath, he, he was a giant. He was huge. And he was a mighty warrior. And David was this little shepherd boy. But David knew who his God was. And that his God was so much bigger than that giant. And that as he stepped out in obedience, in faith, that God would be with him. And God would deliver him. He had fought off you know, lions and bears out there being a shepherd. So he knew if God could deliver him from that, he'll deliver him from, from this giant as well. So David knew early on in his life that God was to be trusted and obeyed. As we see in Scripture, David's faith pleased God, and God rewarded David for his faithfulness. How about us? Can we face our toughest situations like David did against Goliath? Yes, we most certainly can. We just need to have faith in God and trust all that he says, just like David did. 
and we must be obedient. Throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, when you see people of God being obedient to him, God does amazing things. And that's what God wants from us. He wants our trust, and he wants our obedience. And when we do that, we can face anything. And another reason why God was a, why David was a man after God's own heart is that he absolutely loved God's law. Of the 150 Psalms in the Bible, David is credited for writing over half of them. And writing at various and often troubling times in his life, David repeatedly mentioned how much he loved God's perfect word. We find a beautiful example of this in Psalms 119, verses 47 and 48. David writes, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. You hear that twice, he said, which I love. Loves what? He loves God's commandments. He loves God's word. And he says, I'll meditate on your statutes. So he loved the word of God. And it's easy to see just by reading those two verses. But if you go through Psalms and just, and just read all that David wrote, you'll see how much he loved the word of God. We also notice that David meditates on God's statutes. God granted David understanding and wisdom through his daily meditation. And we can do the same thing. And we need to ask ourselves, do we love God's word? How much do we love God's word? Do we read it? Do we study God's word? Do we meditate on God's word? And if the answer is no, then we need to ask God to forgive us. And let's pick up his word and start reading. And how can we gain wisdom? Through reading the word of God. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. And as we study his word, he gives us knowledge and he gives us more wisdom. And we just need to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us because he is our teacher. And that's why you hear me pray each Sunday and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us because that's one of his many jobs that he does. He will teach us. So we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us and we can grow in wisdom and knowledge of the Lord through reading his word. But we have to pick up the word of God. We can't just put it under our pillow and hope by osmosis it, it comes through into our minds and hearts, right? <laughs> How many of us as, as kids back in school would put a math book under our pillows and say, all right, I'm going to learn it. But yeah, you know, that didn't work either, did it? <laughs> and God's word, it needs to be read because that's his, that's his word to us. You know, think about it. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, the one who created you and me, he wrote his word for you and me to study, to learn, so we can know him better and know how he wants us to live. Everything we need is in his word. We just need to open it and go into it and study it, meditate on it, and read it. So get into God's word if you're not already. If you are, keep reading. Dig in more and more because his word is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. He'll show us something new every time. Let's open his word and let's be in his word. And we would do well to also think about God's word throughout the day because God loves for us to think about him. And what better subject, what better person to think about than God Almighty himself. Psalms 119 verses 2 and 3. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. 
David was a man after God's own heart in that he was in God's word, he loved God's word, and he was truly thankful. David was a thankful man. Again, read Psalms. You'll see his thankfulness just oozing out of the pages. Uh, He was so thankful. And in Psalms 26, 6, and 7, he, he wrote, I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. Not unlike many of us, David's life was marked by seasons of great peace and prosperity as well as times of fear and despair. But we see in Scripture throughout all those seasons, all those different seasons in his life, David never forgot to thank God for everything, for everything that he had. It is truly one of David's finest characteristics. So we have to ask ourselves, are we thankful, people? Are we thankful even in the bad times? Are we thankful in the good times? We need to be thankful at all times. Because no matter what's going on in our lives, we can thank God that he's with us and he's helping us through it. We can thank God for his son, Jesus, and the salvation that we have. So no matter how bad something is or our situation in life is, we know we look at the big picture and say, this is only for a short time because I have eternal life through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your son. We can always be thankful and we can be like David when he wrote Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Bless his name. Be thankful. Be thankful to God our Father. He is worthy of all thanksgiving. He is worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all honor. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we would do well to follow David's lead of offering praise through thanksgiving to our Lord Jesus Christ. Another important part of David's character, and something that we can really draw off of as well and draw encouragement, and I pray this encourages you this morning. After he sinned, David was truly repentant. David's sin with Bathsheba is recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 through 5. And let's read that. It happened one late afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived. And she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David committed adultery. And then he took it a step further. He brought her husband, Uriah, back from the battlefield, because the armies were out fighting at this time. And he brought Uriah back, and he tried his best to convince Uriah to sleep with his wife, Bathsheba. Because his hope was he would, and then he would think that the baby is his. But Uriah wouldn't. He was a man of great honor, and he would not be with his wife while his brothers were in battle, putting their lives on the line. David tried everything, but Uriah would not sleep with his wife. So David sent Uriah back to the battlefield with orders to put him on the front lines 
And when the battle got fierce, everybody pulled back. But don't tell Uriah. So he would be killed. And that's what happened. Uriah was killed on the battlefield. So therefore David had Bathsheba's husband killed to try to cover up his sin of adultery. The mighty fall hard, don't they? We all have, most of us have fallen hard, whether we're mighty or not, in people's eyes. The fall is hard. And David's fall included adultery, lying, and murder. He had sinned against God. You know, look at the Ten Commandments. He had sinned clearly against God. And he admits it in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. David said to Nathan, Nathan is the prophet who revealed to David that, hey, you have sinned against God. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Admitting our sin and asking for forgiveness is only half the equation. You know, we need to admit that we've messed up. We need to admit that we've disobeyed God and ask him to forgive us. But the other part of it is repentance. That means turning from from our wicked ways and turning to God, repenting for our sins. And David did that as well. Psalms 51, I encourage you to read that today. We're going to read 12 verses of it, but read the entire psalm, Psalm 51. It's David praying. It's his prayer of repentance to God after he had committed adultery, lied about it, and had Uriah killed. And it's it's an awesome prayer. And many people will say, I, I don't know how to pray. Let me give you this piece of advice. Find the prayers of the Bible and pray them. I know I've prayed this one myself. And you just can't find better prayers than, than the ones you'll find in the Bible. You'll find prayers of Jesus. You'll find prayers of David. And and let's read this one here. Psalms 51. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. David says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice." Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You hear the cry of David's heart there as he cries out in the midst of sin, his transgressions against God. And how he, he asked God to forgive him and to purge him and to cleanse him. In verse 10, he, he asked God to create in him a clean heart. He wants a new heart. He wants to start over. He wants forgiveness. He's repenting of his sins. And he asked God to renew a right spirit within him. Just such a powerful, powerful prayer. And another reason why 
David is a man after God's own heart, for he truly had a repentant heart. He knew he, he had sinned, and he wanted to repent and ask God to forgive him, and God did, as we saw Nathan tell him that God has forgiven him. Now, David was a man after God's own heart because he demonstrated his faith. He was committed to following the Lord. Yes, like all of us, his faith was tested, and his was tested on a grand scale, and he failed at times, and I hope that encourages you. We, we don't want to get joy from other people's failures, but find encouragement here that David messed up, but he was a man after God's own heart, and he asked God to forgive him. He repented, and God did, so we can do the same thing no matter what's gone on in our lives, no matter what we've done. We can repent and ask God to forgive us, and he will. And we see that David, even after he sinned, he sought and after God's forgiveness, and he received God's forgiveness. We need to receive God's forgiveness. Ask for it and receive it. David, he loved God's word, and he sought to follow it exactly. He wasn't perfect. We, we, we see that. But he strived to follow God's word. Because he loved God and he loved God's word. As a man after God's own heart, David, he is a role model for us all. And we can find great encouragement in David's life to see how God anointed him as king. And he lived for God with all that was within him. Then he messed up. He sinned. And he sinned again and he sinned again. But he came to God and asked God to forgive him. He repented and God forgave him. We're all like that in the sense that we've all sinned. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we need a Savior, and we have one. His name is Jesus. We just need to believe in him and ask him to forgive us. And you know what? He will. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is a God that cannot lie. So when he says, if we confess our sins, he will forgive us and cleanse us, he will. God will forgive you. He wants to forgive you. That's why Jesus came. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You haven't sinned too much to be forgiven. God loves you. And I just encourage you to call out on Jesus today and experience his forgiveness, his salvation, his love, and his life. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I come to you a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me from all my sins and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. And I repent of my sinful ways and I turn to you, Jesus, and give you my life. Thank you for giving me yours. I confess, Jesus, that you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and I believe with all my heart you died on that cross, and on the third day, God, you raised Jesus back to life. Fill me with your Spirit and help me day by day to live for you. I encourage you to pray something like that. Just call out to him, and if you do and or if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me. Our phone number at Love and Action is 334-494-4995. 334-494-4995. And you can email me at ken 
Ken.Tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.Tuck at loveinactionministries.com. I'd love to, to talk with you, to chat with you. If you made that decision, I'd love to give you some next steps. And if you're a believer and you're just struggling, turn it over to God. Let him forgive you. Pray that prayer that David prayed in Psalms 51. And give it to God, and he'll forgive you. And he wants to work through each one of us. Let's trust him, and let's be obedient to his word. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope this message has brought encouragement to you. I hope you know that Jesus loves you. And I hope you have a great rest of the week coming up. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace.